Welcome to the Weekly Word from St. Andrew Lutheran Church in Farmersville, Ohio. Advent, and a special welcome to all of our visitors and guests who are here with us this morning, as well as to everyone joining us by video and podcast. We have much going on this weekend. Um, First of all, Hands Hands Against Hunger and our church Christmas party will be taking place this Saturday the 3rd. Our church Christmas party will be on will, will again be this Saturday at 5 o'clock p.m. We will have a carry-in dinner and an, and an individual $10 gift exchange for everybody who is there. And we request that this party please be adults only. Damac is coming next week already. On Sunday, December 4th, we will be welcoming Damac at 4 o'clock p.m. for an exciting concert. Please feel free to spread the word and invite your friends and neighbors. There is a set of keys in the fellowship hall next to Darlene's office. If if they are yours, please feel free to claim them. The other announcements I leave to your own reading. Oh yes, um, a couple very important announcements. First of all, we would like to thank everyone who came yesterday to help decorate our church for the hanging of the greens. You can see the wonderful work that everyone did with uh, making our sanctuary um, look festive and beautiful for, for this Christmas season. So we thank you all very much for your willingness to donate your time and for all your hard work. Also, we have some additional decorating to do in that we have um, we, we, in that we have poinsettias available to order. If you would like to order a poinsettia, please feel free to fill out the form in your, um, in your bulletin and return it to any of the members of the flower committee who are listed, who are listed on the insert uh, by, by December 4th. Uh, do we have anything else to say about the poinsettias? The other announcements I leave to your own reading. Are there any other announcements for this morning? Let us begin with prayer. O Lord, our Maker, Redeemer, and Comforter, we are assembled in your presence to hear your holy word. We ask you to open our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that through the preaching of your word we may be taught to repent of our sins, to believe on Jesus in life and death, and to grow day by day in grace and holiness. Hear us for Christ's sake. Amen.
Blessed is he who comes as king in the name of the Lord. I will hear what the Lord God has to say. Peace for all people and for his friends. His help is near for those who fear him. Blessed is he who comes as king in the name of the Lord. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come. Protect us by your strength, and save us from the threatening dangers of our sins. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. At this time, we'll have our children's message, and we invite the children to come forward.
second chapter, which is 1 through 5, found on page 1062 of your keyboard. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many people will come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations, and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into turning or clothes. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Now the second reading comes from Romans, chapter 13, verses 11 through 14, found on page 1765. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than we first believed. The night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put the armor on, on the, put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently, as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Here, here is the reading. 
Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 24th chapter, beginning at the 37th verse. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, one will be taken and the other left. Therefore keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What time is it? Well, um, actually, for those of you who are interested, it's 1017. But actually... It seems like this is the time of year when time keeps interrupting everything we have going on. Now that the holidays are really upon us, it seems like everything's just moving faster. Anyone feel that way? Yep, I saw a few hands go up there. Many of us are probably still scrambling to either get our Christmas presents bought, or at least wrapped, two words, Amazon Prime, and no, I'm not getting paid for that, some of us are still putting up our Christmas decorations, and still others of us are trying to get our family gatherings and parties planned and prepared. But as Paul says in today's second reading, in Romans 13:11, which Vicki read for us just a few moments ago, and do this, understanding the present time, the hour has already come for you to wake from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Even with everything else that's on our minds right now, we still have to keep in mind that every day brings us closer to that day when Jesus will return, just as he came the first time to be born as a baby in Bethlehem, which we sang about just a few moments ago. He will also return in full glory sometime in the, sometime in the future and make everything the way it is supposed to be. In our first reading, the prophet Isaiah says in chapter 2, verse 4, that the day will come when God will bring an end to war and division and bring peace between nations and peoples. Instead of fighting each other with weapons, people will instead cooperate with each other with tools to help build a better life and world for each other. This will also happen because God alone will be ruler and judge over all the earth. He will have his reign established over every country. Everyone will come to him for help, guidance, and justice. People will also come seeking his direction to learn how to walk in the way he desires for everyone. And all this will happen because he will be the only one in charge. And yet, even though all this will ultimately take place in the future, there is no reason why we can't be living as though it were happening now. Even though we have many voices claiming to be the authority, 
to tell us how to live. There is only one we ought to listen to, God. He is greater and more truthful than any social, political, or even religious pundit. And what he says is best for everyone. This is the kind of world God wants for everyone. This is why in the present moment, as Paul further encourages us in Romans 13, verse 13, we are to begin avoiding those things. We are to avoid those things which cause fights and divisions among us and also things which cause us to live to satisfy only ourselves. These are all things which are distractions, keeping us not only from looking forward to what God will cause to happen in the future, but how we are called to be in the present. Dissension or quarreling, and jealousy in particular, are harmful for us because they keep us from living in unity with each other and pursuing our common purpose. That purpose is to live looking forward to when Jesus will come again and living as though he were already here. It is not up to us to predict when that day will be. Indeed, trying to do so is just another distraction, taking us away from focusing how God is calling us to live in the present moment. And that, ultimately, is what we are to focus on, the present time. It is easy for us to focus only on the future, especially the way we've been taught and what modern evangelism tends to emphasize. We hear a lot about having to think about where we go when we die, whether we have believed in Jesus to be guaranteed a place in heaven, and according to certain interpretations, what sort of signs are going on around us to predict the end times. In other words, only about the future and only for ourselves. But what we tend to forget is that we are here not only to live, die, and go to heaven, but that while we are here, we are saved by Jesus' death and resurrection and made for good works here in this life. While it is true that no good works we do can earn our salvation, we are still, because we are saved, called to good works for the sake of the world. What we do can make a strong impact to change someone's life or even part of the world, however small. As Martin Luther says, God does not need your good works, but your neighbor does. And even then, the reason we do good works is to represent and act on behalf of Jesus, which comes out of calling ourselves Christians, followers of Jesus Christ. The reason we are here is because Jesus has called us to follow him. So our purpose in the present is discipleship, which is following Jesus to become like Jesus, especially to become like him in compassion, empathy, and service to others. The good works we do are not done out of a desire to follow mere rules or show how good we are. Rather, they are done to be of benefit for someone else. The best and most satisfactory kind of good works are actually those which are done without any publicity or show, but instead are done simply, quietly, and subtly. And yet we have to remember that doing good works and following Jesus are entirely voluntary. 
God does not force anyone to do good works, nor does Jesus force anyone to follow him, especially under any kind of threat of punishment in either case. In fact, we always need to remember that God never forces anyone to do anything. And, as I've said before, if we start trying to add an or else to anything God encourages, then we are teaching falsely. Having said all that, God gives us free will, but there are still things that happen when we choose to follow our own desires rather than God's. We are entirely free to refrain from doing good works for those we know or for the world, but there are consequences for us refraining from taking opportunities to do good to help others. These consequences are usually us being disappointed in not being able to do what we know to be the right thing for another person. Because I believe that all of us do have this innate desire to help other people feel good. And when, we're, and when we refrain from doing so, we feel bad. In the same way, we are free from having to feel forced to follow Jesus. But what we find is that if we try to live on our own without Jesus, we often end up confused, directionless, and feeling helpless not out of fear, but out of feeling like we need someone to rely on for guidance and direction. All the good works we do are instead done spontaneously, out of love for God, gratitude to him for what he's done for us, and a desire to share that love with other people to help them experience the good things we enjoy from God. As someone once said, service is love made visible. Furthermore, if we want to have peace with ourselves, among each other, and in this world, it has to start with us. It, and it starts again, as Paul encourages, with us no longer living for what satisfies only us, but putting on the nature of Jesus. And as the past couple of weeks have shown us, we are more and more living in a world which needs this kind of peace. The recent shootings in Colorado Springs, Virginia, and Brazil have shown the extremes people can go to to carry out their hatred and desire for revenge against others. War continues to rage in Ukraine and in other parts of the world. As was shown in the last election, division in society continues to run rampant over many issues. Rising prices and other financial difficulties continue to cause tensions and anger. Even many of the words which are used, especially on social media, demonstrate a lack of compassion and desire to understand before responding. If there was ever a good time for Jesus to come back to set everything right, it would certainly be now. And we do indeed pray for Jesus to come back soon. We need Jesus to come to put an end to our violence, suffering, dissension, and hatred, and heal and unite us. But again, we don't just have to wait for Jesus to come back for that to happen. By our following Jesus and living as he did, we can help this hurting world. And it begins in somewhere we tend to overlook in our own homes. As those of you who have done First Communion instruction with me probably remember, what are some of the things you're encouraged to think about to, um, for how to show God's love to other people? The big one being how to help your own families. 
And there's a reason for that. If our own houses are, and families are places where everyone is nurtured, cared for, loved unconditionally, valued and accepted, and where all the members of the family are encouraged to live these values outside of the home, then our neighborhoods, cities, and ultimately our world will be a more peaceful, unified place. Discipleship can begin with the simplest acts of Christ-like kindness, generosity, and helpfulness done right in our own homes. As the late Mother Teresa once encouraged, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Since we're also at the time of year when we give gifts to each other, and to kind of recap what was said in the children's sermon, one thing to think about as well is that, since again, service is love made visible, what kinds of gifts we can be giving to our family members, friends, or neighbors to do them the greatest good. Maybe we have a family member or neighbor who is struggling to pay a utility bill or other kind of debt, which we can help pay. There might be someone who needs us to give our time so they can get something important done or have some needed free time or family time. Perhaps we know someone who is in need of extra food or clothing, especially for, our family for their family members or our neighbors, as we have already done for camp. There might still be someone who needs sources of warmth, especially if we're expecting another bitterly cold winter. In other words, what sort of practical gifts can we be giving to show God's compassion to others? So, what time is it? A very important time. Time to give the world what it really needs right now. It's time for us to follow Jesus, to live like Jesus, to serve like Jesus. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.
And now together let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated as we receive the offering. We wish to let our visitors and guests know that you are under no obligation to give. This service is our gift to you. the coming of Christ, let us pray for the church, the world, and for all people according to their need. Thank you, Lord, for your promise to visit your people with forgiveness. Thank you for Jesus, your final word, and yes to all your promises. Make us ready to receive him into our hearts, homes, and world. Lord, in your mercy. Stir up your power, O Lord, and cleanse the hearts of all who worship here. Fill us with love for you and charity for our neighbors, especially those most in need of your help. Lord, in your mercy. Stir up your power, O Lord, and guide all who walk the path of discipleship. Give them grace to listen, ponder, and obey your word. In all they do, help them prepare your way into the hearts of others, especially those who walk in the darkness of doubt or despair. 
Lord, in your mercy. Stir up your power, O Lord, and grant your spirit to the leaders of the nations. Give them wisdom, humility, prudence, and integrity. Lord, in your mercy. Stir up your power, O Lord, and banish violence, injustice, and hatred from this death-shadowed world. And today especially, we call to mind the victims of the recent shootings in Colorado Springs, Chesapeake, Virginia, and in Brazil. Give your spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel, and might to all who stand in harm's way on our behalf, especially our first responders and members of our armed forces. Grant success to all that they do that serves your will. Restore them to their loved ones and speed the day when they may serve you in peace. Lord, in your mercy. Stir up your power, O Lord, and bring healing and hope to all those whose need is great. Deliver them from all darkness that darkens their lives. Give patience, gentleness, and respite to caregivers, and shine the light of your love upon us all. We especially bring before you all those whom we name silently in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, stir up your power, O Lord, and raise from the shadows of death all who have fallen asleep in you. We especially remember and give thanks today for Bob Colucci. Help us to remember those who grieve in this season of feasting and joy. Give, give us grace to be children of the day, filled with the light of your love. Help us to encourage one another in steadfast faith and deeds of charity until Jesus returns in glory. Then by your mercy bring us safely into your eternal kingdom, which you have prepared for all whom you have redeemed. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you, May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. To subscribe to the Weekly Word, please visit your favorite podcast provider. May God bless you now and always.